Insert Credit Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gorblax Jaffe, and joining me this week are the three most eligible bachelors in the video game industry. Happy Slurpee Day, everybody. I like Slurpees. I would drink one. I would never drink one of this. Why not, Brandon? Hey, you guys want to hear something cool? No. No. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. What? You don't like the sound of a beverage can cracking open? It's not as bad as the sound of somebody sucking down oysters or whatever. It's not as bad, but it's still bad. It. Last night I was reminded how much I dislike the sound of uh, of liquid glugging out of a bottle. I hate that sound. What, what about duking out of a bottle? The duke, 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 duke sound? Yeah, that's that's what I hate. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Well, I thought you only hated, we like, We all know duke. that we should always bet on duke. All right, this is episode two of the Insert Credit Podcast. I'm Alex Gorblax Jaffe. Joining me this week are Gamasutra's Frank Cifaldi. Hello. Insert Credit's Brandon Sheffield. Hi, how are you? And Action Buttons' Tim Rogers. Oh, man, that's me. So, how are you guys doing this week? I want to say that if you guys will go right now to Suda51's Twitter, uh, there is a tweet at the near the top. That is, uh, it's twitter.com slash Suda underscore 51, where uh, Suda is saying, there's a guy tweeted at him saying, you were the greatest person to ever exist in all capital letters. And he replied with, wow, thanks, THX, uh, thanks. But the guy's username is hold my boner. <laughs> so it says, hold my boner, wow, thanks. <laughs> so I think, I think that's a pretty good, uh, that could be our cover art for this. Hold my boner. Wow, thanks. Have you guys been spelunking? Yeah. Uh, me and Sheffield played spelunking. We did. Uh, I, I just I don't know. Work. Really? I don't know about it, man. I mean, it's... it's Like, I think that people that like Dark Souls and Demon Souls will like it, but I don't like those games. Um, and... I sort of like those games. I just... I, li- I want to. I think it would be cool if I did, but I just don't. I just don't know how to do it because it the the characters are s- sliding around. The whip animation comes out real slow. It's all about learning precise timing of things that feel very loose, which is very similar, in my opinion, to Dark Souls and Demon Souls. And it's uh, it's just not. It's not my traditional idea of fun. My uh, my thing with Dark Souls, Demon Souls, and that, and it's like Spelunky's kind of a roguelike in that uh, it's it's different every time, and you lose all your progress when you die, and you got to start over, and it's possible to get to the end very quickly if you know what you're doing and or whatever. But it's like like I feel like the actions in the game there's there's it's not it's not quote unquote fun. And I understand that you know there's a million blog entries on the internet right now defending it for not being fun. It doesn't have to be fun. It's not about fun. It's like I feel like every action is just like a password for getting past a certain type of obstacle. And your progressing through the game requires you to learn what pass keys work at what parts. And the game is never like brutally unfair. It always gives you time to see what's going to happen. It's like, well, I know what I have to do there. I have to run right at that ledge and then fall and grab that other ledge. Frank Cifaldi, like, what have you been playing? Uh, absolutely nothing. Nothing? I hate video games. Video oh, games are kind of the worst. I've been playing the same thing I play every week, Hexic HD with the colorblind mode off because I hate myself. Onward and upward. Here is Wait, our fir- Here is our first question. Uh, I'd like to begin by addressing an outstanding topic. Last week, it was posited that Super Mario Brothers, widely touted as the Citizen Kane of video games, was an inferior product to TurboGrafx-16's Bonk's Adventure. Defend or refute this position. <laughs> well, I suppose that... That was Brandon Sheffield's. That was me. So I wouldn't necessarily say inferior, but I would say that I prefer Bonk's Adventure because... I mean, this has something to do, something more to do with my history in games than it does with objectivity. But Bonk's Adventure was, yeah, it was more of a, uh, <clears throat> it felt like more of a living world to me. That that you know, if I, especially Bonk's Revenge, if I didn't live there, then these 
creatures would go about doing their daily things. Because, like, there's this one scene in particular that sticks in my mind where you're in a pirate ship and there are all these little uh, cooks and things walking around and just doing their thing. And, uh, And you could go into various rooms and cabins and things like that. And it was... It felt much more like a proper environment than Super Mario Brothers had for me. And I had played Super Mario Brothers before that, but I didn't it just wasn't my thing. Um I well, also are we, are we talking about Super Mario Brothers one specifically? I think I'm talking about this I think probably talking about the first three versus the first three bonks is Okay. I think there's that I think there's I, no freaking contest in the world. I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> I think I like Bonk. I like Bonk because it's weird and wacky and loose, but it's like Mario's just – I mean, I'm I'm no fanboy of anything, you know? I don't know if you guys agree with that about me, but I, I don't know, man. Those Mario games are just god darn fantastic as, as far as I know. I just don't have that much fun with them is, is the thing, and Bonk I have a lot more fun with, and I feel like the uh... – It just feels puttery. You're just kind of puttering around and – tooling around i kind of disagree i think the systems in in bonk are much more obvious to you and the things that you can do with them like kind of almost get out of the world by smacking on top of these guys heads like Uh, i can i can get i can i can i can like get over a guy eating a mushroom and growing to two times his height but i can't get over a guy with a big head flapping his head around in the air and hovering because he has a big head and is like bashing with it it's just visual noise to me and it just it kind of i don't know i, I don't know what i don't i don't know if you'd call yeah. this level design or what but I, I i feel like mario brothers or super mario brothers is uh it's a lot less wasteful like every, every screen in, in every one of those games seems to have a purpose whereas i felt like a lot of bonk was just kind of going left to right and then things were just randomly placed and kind of you know unnatural feeling so I don't feel that way at all. I could definitely feel like uh, Super Mario Brothers uh, levels are much more constructed as as like set pieces. Well, not as set pieces as um, mechanisms. But I think Bonk's levels are kind of more like set pieces. They have more. They have central. Um, they have thematic gimmicks. Like yeah. Every, every one of them has like a theme. Oh, I agree and with that. Yeah, I like I that. I've I've played all the Bonk games. Okay, not all of them, but. All of the uh, PC Engine ones, you know, I like them all, but it's like it also know. had a lot more, um, uh, not exactly 3Dness, but it had a more verticality and horizontal stuff than Super Mario Brothers, in my opinion, because the uh, kind of the land supported going up and down, not just going into the clouds away from the land. It was like you were climbing up mountains mm-hmm. and you're going up. Uh, up and down waterfalls and things like that. Like you would go straight into the water. You wouldn't have a water level. You would you would go down there and then you were underneath it and then you would come back out of it. And uh, so it felt more to me like a world. But granted, it came later. So um, that. Well, had... I don't think anyone would disagree that the environments are, are vastly superior in Bonk. That you know, it's more of a realized world that you know they, they make it feel more alive but i think the argument is more uh, a game design argument uh, than anything that's, that's, and, the, that's the only perspective i'm i'm bringing to it i understand is i just i like the way it feels i like the mechanical feel of mario that's i all. like the mechanical feel of bonk also but mario is just you know i don't I, I hate to use this word but but near perfect in a lot of places and bonk is just a very competent fun game I feel like I'm perhaps more appreciative of experiential stuff than mechanical and design-oriented stuff. Yeah, you liked Deadly Premonition, for God's sake. Right, and so um, this is probably part of why Spelunky isn't working for me, because it has these specific mechanics that you can get into, but the it's not grabbing me uh, as an as a world and as an experience that I'm having. And for me, I remember the, like, I love the game Valis, as I mentioned last time. Yeah. It kind of sucks. Like, it's not very good, but I like, I like the world. I like what it's trying to do. And I like what it doesn't do well because the, for me, it's, it's like that experience 
And I understand why people also don't let, think that Sonic is very good as a result, but Sonic for me was again more of that kind of experience and world. Sonic thing. also had the mechanical feel, though. Sonic kind of got it. Like the first three Sonic games, kind of got it all right as far as uh, like the feel and the experience. Kind of sure did. They but sure you know, did. you know what game is better than Bonk though is Monster World Four. Yeah, well, that's another debate, I think. I love that game so much. That game's on the PSN now, isn't it? It's right on there. Man, I remember Persona had posted a link to it. It's on also the, on Xbox it's Live like Recently oh, Well, uh, we will have to save that for next week. Straight uh, up. Ne- uh, our next debate, uh, what are the ingredients of a good boss battle? A good boss battle. Oh, man. Gin, sweet vermouth, and Campari. Nice. What what is that? Is that a is that an alcoholic beverage? It's a, it's a the boss battle. It's a Negroni. Uh, oh, it is a Negroni. Yeah, but anyway, I'd, I'd fight a Negroni. I'd fight. Yeah, a I would fight one and lose. <laughs> I like bosses that are tough. I, 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 yeah, well, that's actually what I was going to say. I, I think I think the feel of of being threatened is a big part of a good boss battle. I, I want to feel a little bit of afraid of this boss. Uh, right before I attack it. Um, I think my favorite boss battle that uh, of any video game ever, if I had to decide right now, today, would be uh, Julius Belmont at the end of Aria, uh, Castlevania Aria of Sorrow for the Game Boy Advance. Because he's a dude who's just as big as you, and you can kind of imagine there's somebody else playing him, but it's within the context of like a Castlevania game, and it's like a really really hard it's like somebody else is playing castlevania against you and that just blows my mind yeah i don't like when uh there are gimmicks that are obtuse and you have to figure Mm. out um that are just it's like oh no for this guy you have to use the red potion or else the end um i like bosses that take something that you're that you've already done and kind of twisted a bit so that you have yeah. to do it in a different way. Um, but I'm kind of having a trouble thinking of one that does that right now. Well, I, I'd expand on, on that and say things that it's been training you to do and you're still doing them, but you have to just alter your thinking a little bit. I think that's the perfect boss battle. Yeah. It's exactly like, like at the end of the movie, the wizard, they play, they play Tetris, right? And then, uh, and then it's like, now all of you have to compete in a video game none of you have ever played. And right. that was Super Mario Brothers 3. That's what the best video game bosses are like. Halo 3's final quote-unquote boss is a really, really long, extended driving scene where you're, like, driving off ramps, right? And it's like the vehicle is in the game. The Warthog vehicle's in there, right? I mean, I would actually call this a boss battle. Halo 1 has the same thing at the end, but in Halo 3, it's a million times more elaborate. It's, like, five times longer, and it's, like, all the ingredients are there because that card, the Warthog does have all those really subtle controls, right? And uh, it does kind of have those really great physics to it, and then they give you this huge obstacle course at the end, and they're like, yeah, you've got to now get out of this place in this vehicle. And it's, like... That's like a really mind-expanding boss battle. And then in the case of Aria of Sorrow, it's like, oh, man, my character does control about as well as he would control if this were a fighting game. You could kind of turn this into a fighting game all of a sudden. And it's like, I like that. I don't know if you've ever seen, um, I think it was, in fact, Aria of Sorrow, where someone was doing a uh, no-weapons boss rush of... Of that opposing Belmont, whichever one it was, was it Julius? Julius, yeah. Yeah, um, and just like finding these uh, blank frame areas where they can be invincible for half a second and punch twice and then dash through and then go around like that. It's amazing when when you can do that sort of thing. But getting back to the uh, the recipe, I think fantastic music is definitely one ingredient mm. that you have to put in there. You like, don't necessarily I wanna... mean final boss. You mean boss. I just mean boss. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, yeah. Oh, wait, oh uh, Jaffe. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Because uh, if you don't have that awesome music, I'm going to be like, man, I'm going to get at all frustrated by this if if I'm not going to be listening to some cool tunes. Oh, actually, as an example of that, when I was playing Nier, there was this boss that I really hated. Um, I did like Nier, but I hated this one boss 
in this uh, sandy um, maze arena thing that I don't remember the name of. But this boss is just spewing huge bullets out at me and regenerating itself and doing all this terrible stuff. But the song was this five-minute fantastic opus that I was really happy to hear over and over. It's, so even though I hated the battle, I was I was ready to, to play it again. It's The Lost Shrine, by the way. The there we go. Dungeon was The Lost Shrine. And the, that particular song is covered particularly well on the fourth Nier album, which is just a piano remastering of all the best tracks in the game. Yeah, I'm not there as good on go. pianos, but... There you I like go. bosses more than pianos. I, I like, like bosses I like... to throw their hats at you. That's always pretty cool. Oh, that's, yeah. that's neat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like those. I like bosses that later join you or, or come up to your side. That always makes me feel good when I've, like... I've like turned a boss. Um, they, they're impressed with my strength, and they're like, "I will follow you." Or I've seen the error of my ways. Let me come rescue all the things. Doesn't that happen in like every RPG ever? Oh, uh, yeah, RPG boss battles blow though. Dragon Quest has good boss battles. Yeah, RPG boss battles don't have to blow. A lot of them can be really smart. My, uh, Earthbound has some of the best bosses in yep. history, and they're. I think the final boss of, of my, my, okay, so my top three best boss battles ever, Julius Belmont, Halo 3, and, uh, uh Earthbound. Those three games are the, the final boss of the, fi- I'm the, the best final bosses ever, if I had to say. Maybe Earthbound is number one, and Julius is number two, and Halo 3 is number three. But there Between you go. Between the three mother games, you, you liked the one and two the best. I did. All right. Um, Square Enix recently announced the inclusion of achievements in their new PC port of Final Fantasy VII. What achievements would you shoehorn into our beloved classics? Oh, nice. man. Oh, oh man. I, I, I want to put in the achievement for uh, bringing Eris back to life, because it's really hard to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's got to be, like, at least a 1,000 points. I want to I have an achievement in Final Fantasy VII for get to the end of the game without equipping any of your materia. I want a terrible achievement that says you have to equip all combinations of materia and just make everybody <laughs> memorable. Mind you don't have to just put achievements in Final Fantasy VII. You can put achievements in any game released before the achievement epic. Oh, man. But Final Fantasy VII is just so rife with hilarious ideas. Yeah. One, one of them could be it beat Sephiroth in your first fight against Sephiroth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, uh, beat Super Mario. Like I think, I think achievements were invented for me in uh, the 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 Mario uh, the, the 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 Super Mario Brothers Super Mario World Strategy Guide uh, by Nintendo Power, where there's an interview with Shigeru Miyamoto where he goes, "No one ever recognizes me on the street because I'm not really famous, right?" And then he goes, "You know, what would you say to about?" players playing Super Mario Brothers, he's like, everybody's always asking for a new Mario, but I think people should just play the old Marios in different ways, like try beating Mario 1 without collecting a single coin. And I saw that, and I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. And so from 1990 onward, I've been just thinking of video games like that. So I personally don't hate achievements. So yeah, I would say put the beat Mario without collecting a single coin as an achievement. I don't hate achievements either, actually. Um, I think that they can be used cleverly and to good effect. My mm-hmm. my most recent favorite thing that I saw, these weren't achievements that give you proper points uh, that accumulate over time, but in King of Fighters 13, when you have these kind of micro-challenges that, when you're playing single-player mode, kind of roll underneath your uh, life bar such as, you know, do three rolls or do a super cancel or do this or that. And it encourages you to explore the game's systems just because it's like, here's a thing that you could be doing right now. And if you try it, you're going to start to learn its applications. And and I think that's pretty neat because it doesn't give you a number score, but it does uh, help you learn how the game works. My favorite yeah. achievements are the ones that like recognize that you did something interesting or cool that uh, that you know isn't necessarily part of the game or expected of you. And yeah. my favorite example of that was in Bioshock. 
there's that one level where that guy wants you to kill people and then take a picture of the bodies. Uh, he makes you do that to like three people. And then when I had a chance to kill him, I killed him and instinctively took a picture of him because I was like, you know, screw you. And uh, I got an achievement that was just called irony or something. One of my favorite achievements in the Xbox 360 era was uh, there's a guy like in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1. There's a guy who's coming down a staircase. Right. Did you have you guys played this? I don't. Think so. uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1, yes. Modern Warfare 1. Yeah, guy, there's yeah. like one of your soldiers coming down a staircase, and then there's like a, an enemy coming right up behind him, right? And uh, like if the guy gets shot in the back of the head like right in front of you and falls down the stairs, and then you've got to kill the guy. But you, you can actually kill the dude right behind him, right? Like before this guy gets shot. And there's an auto save immediately after the guy gets shot, right? Yeah. And yeah. you get an achievement for saving that guy. But it's like halfway through the campaign. I really like that. Oh, because it'd be really difficult to yeah, it's really, game that. Yeah, yeah, it's really difficult to uh, yeah, because you don't see it coming. I think that you could add a whole bunch of stuff like that into a lot of classic side-scrolling games. You know. Yeah. Like uh, you know, get get the uh, the hidden one-ups and Mario. I keep going back to Mario, but uh, I think so many of these achievements are just really uninventive. It's like get X number of this or. Mm-hmm do this with this or without this. And um, it should be something that's more exploratory, in yeah, my you should, opinion. You should get rewarded for having fun playing the game. Yeah, not not for, like, can you do this at this time? I don't know. Yeah. It's I, I keep thinking that if, if every time I'm asked to think of achievements for somebody's game or something, it's uh, I think of Zelda Link to the Past, and I think of like imaginary achievements for that. I've got like this list of a hundred imaginary achievements for Zelda Link to the Past and they're they're all hilarious. Like Like what? Like chop down chop down ten thousand bushes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's just all stuff that the player uh know the player's going to do during the game and it's like you can do it right now if you want, you know? And it's like you could turn Zelda into a social game really easy. Like I don't see why nobody hasn't done that. Like, I was playing some uh, Xbox Live indie game action RPG thing, and uh, it ha- they have awardments in those, not achievements. Nice. Uh, they don't have actual achievements there. But um, I kept smacking the vegetation in it, um, and and I at certain at a certain point I got an achievement for it uh, that was like there's got to be something in here dot dot dot, and I thought that was <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> like look. It wasn't really, but uh, I just great. knew what I was trying to do. The original Dragon Warrior could have uh, peer into a hundred wells, or peer into one well more than ten times, <laughs> or, or choose search more than a hundred times on the same square. Yeah. <laughs> like, achievements like that, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, there we go. We got You're right getting the end. pretty good at this timing thing. We got right to the end of that one. That was a good topic. I could talk about that for hours. Next one. Yeah, next one. How can a game be made easy without seeming boring? Blorp. Oh, man. Uh, I think by giving you enough um, illusion of freedom. Like if you – the uh, the game Rocket Slime Adventures – wait, it's called something like that. Uh, Rocket Slime, you, yeah. The Square Enix um, Dragon Quest spin-off game where you play as a slime and you're trying to rescue all the slimes in your village that have been captured by these other dudes. That was an easy game that was really fun because of the things it allowed me to do. Like, you, the main mechanic was you'd, you'd slide, you'd stretch your body, and then you would rocket forward in that direction, and you would smack things that you can then catch on your back and toss at enemies, or you can smack enemies, and you can smack, uh, like, stack them on your head. You can put them on these carts to take back to your, uh, to your tank that you can use for tank battles later. Um, and even though it was, it was easy and it was pretty simple, there was just such a wide array of things you could do with this simple mechanic, um, and it had such charm that I really didn't care that it was easy, and I actually beat it twice uh, completely, which took 24 hours each time. I don't. I don't think challenge is the uh, best way to make something fun, and I think 
the most fun I have is when I'm not necessarily playing a hard game. I'm just Sitting having back. a good time inhabiting the space and, you know, letting go for a while. There was the, 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 the Famitsu review of Blue Dragon. Blue Dragon, which was criticized by every Western magazine as being too easy and being a cakewalk. And when you die, you can just start a battle over again, you know, with the parameters in which you entered the battle. And if you don't want to go back to the save point or whatever, like the, the Famitsu, one of the Famitsu reviews really kind of spoke to me because, uh, the guy said, I mean, to me, he, he called me up and read it to me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, he, he, <laughs> one of the reviews really, really kind of got me because he goes, you know, it's been a while since I've been able to just sit back and, uh, play a video game. And then there was this, uh, this very Japanese phrase that he used to play a video game without worrying too much about it. Right. It's like, yeah, that's what it is. Like, I am always about, okay, I like hard games. You know, I like Ziggurat, for example. I think that's a good game. I, I like I like games that are just rock solid, rock hard. God Hand, I like God Hand, but I really would say I'm more of the kind of person who likes to just chill out, relax, and play a game. Yeah. You know, like like Blue Dragon did that for me. Zelda, I just mentioned Zelda. You can have fun just walking around Zelda. And God knows I did. I was I was two hundred something pounds, and I just loved sitting around in that game's world all day. You know, just like look at that, I'm walking around and looking at chopping down bushes animal crossing is there's no challenge at all and that's definitely nobody could call that game boring there's just something compelling. actually I, I could i could call it boring i was really bored with that I game could, i could call fez boring you wouldn't call fez boring would you nope i wouldn't that's see, a hangout game for me there you go see so we're you know there no I, I mean we're saying the same thing yeah I there's similar types of games calling out the nobody claim yeah okay um, well i feel i feel like for for myself going back to the mechanics thing like um, when a game is very mechanically interesting, that's when I'm okay with it being hard. When it, when it, like God Hand, which I finally played a few yeah. months ago, um, is very mechanically interesting, and there's a lot of fun, interesting stuff you can do with it. So being hard is totally cool because I'm having a f- fun time, like trying to make it work because I know what needs to happen and I know how to do it. Um, it's just sometimes difficult to execute. But, uh, I mean, that's that's the only time I really want something to be hard. When something should be easy, but then it's hard. Like a, like in, in tactics games, when the boss requires all this crazy combination of summons and, and items to equip and whatnot so that you can even try to do it, that it's just like the system is so easy. What's the point of trying to make this? super difficult for me that's it's not it's not fun it's like something i'm just going to look up on game facts yeah i i like again to me i mean i bring back zelda it feels good to just chop down a bush in zelda it feels good to hold down that button so your guy starts running the game's not like zelda link to the past i'm not talking about the newer zeldas i don't those aren't as mechanically interesting at all like it's you can really hang out in that and i i to me i can't hang out in fez too much or too effectively because I just don't like the way the character feels. Right. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't feel I, right to me. I totally know what you mean there. Um, like, not about the Fez thing, but about the, uh, as long as the mechanics feel good, as long as it mm-hmm. feels good to do every action, um, it doesn't matter how easy or hard it is. I guess that's what it comes down to. Like, if, if, if jumping is a fun thing to do. You're going to um, go darn do it. I'm gonna do it, you know, like being spinning up as as Sonic. It's actually kind of fun. You don't need to do it most yeah, of the time. Yeah, you you don't need to press that button 55 times, but yeah, you, you do don't sometimes. Need to do it. But he's going and it's, yeah, it's it makes a really cool sound. Yeah, it's a cool sound. He goes fast later. I think unlocked, you know, charged I, I think up, uh, sort of mainstream narrative based video games are probably moving away from any kind of you know challenge that that is difficult and just you know creating an experience where you're. Inhabiting a world, like I said, I noticed that's what I, I want. I've noticed that too, but then I just I don't like the way the mechanics feel. A lot well, um, yeah, I don't either, but they I, could. I think I think the challenge is becoming kind of ah, uh, whoops, almost, almost. You almost did it, Sheffield. With, Go for it. With the advent of ice cream and garbage-based Pokemon, detractors are accusing developer Game Freak of running out of ideas. What new Pokemon would you incorporate into the next generation? 
Okay, oh, first man. of all, first of all, garbage and ice cream based Pokemon running out of ideas. Sounds like they're coming up with some new ones. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, come on, you know. It's I call BS on the claims that they're running out of ideas. Now, help fill me in here. Is that is that the the type of moves and powers they have, or is that just a theme for the characters? Like uh, the ice cream Pokemon has ice powers. The garbage Pokemon has poison powers, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Okay, I see. I see. I see. So, like, the, the Pokemon is – I haven't seen – I've heard about the ice cream Pokemon. The ice cream Pokemon I, is named Vanillish. You could look them Vanillish. up on your own time. <laughs> oh, man. It I evolves want... from Vanillite and evolves into Vanillux. Vanillux. Vanillux is uh, just two ice cream cones linked why, together. Why no goddamn chocolate? Uh, that's probably – they're probably saving that for black and white, too. They should have it be a lizard and have it be a chocolatard. <laughs> i'd I'd hang out with that but uh yeah yeah, okay so uh, yeah so the ice cream pokemon is just he's a pokemon who looks like an ice cream cone that sounds pretty ridiculous um i mean maybe they're running out of ideas but i doubt it really matters i mean like who cares The, the only people that play pokemon are kids and people that are over 30 and the people that are over 30 are going to complain about it but they're not the Three million people that are buying it. They're, they're a very small percentage of it. To paraphrase, also, the point uh, is to you know just keep putting in more of the damn things in each game. Then yeah. it, you you have to do that uh, first out, out of necessity, but but also out of you know players are going to get bored unless you start giving them things like ice cream and garbage Pokemon that they'll actually maybe remember. Man, I want Transformer Pokemon that that like come from cars and turn into stuff or or like a tv or a nintendo ds that is a pokemon that's that's i want i want i want all the gobots i want a space heater (laughs) household item pokemon (laughs) i want a pokemon shaped like a nintendo wii (laughs) humizard i mean I would ask for a Pokemon shaped like a Pokeball, but they did that in the very first generation. Do they have right. Welsh Corgi Pokemon? Not yet. Oh, oh man. Darn it. See, there's just so many. They're not running out of ideas. I mean, they, they could have. They're conserving their ideas. There were those Pokemon in, in black and white who were just like one of the starting Pokemon. Uh, uh, forgive me, people uh, in the audience, if you know way more about Pokemon than I do. Uh and uh, if, if my, my ignorance offends you. But there were there was a Pokemon who was just basically a dog. You know, and it's like it's like one of the starter Pokemon's just he's just a puppy. It's like, oh, it's like what's special about him? Well, he's drawn in a cute style. I don't mind Pokemon that are just a puppy. I have this idea. I want to make a game called Australia, the video game, where you're you're a 12 year old Australian boy who is uh, like all Australian boys, leaves his home and loses right? his memory. <laughs> yeah, leaves his home, loses his memory. No, no losing the memory. That's that's this is vital. No, okay. okay, okay, maybe you can lose your memory. You leave your home and you have to go uh, assemble a team of, of uh, Pokemon like all 12-year-old boys do in Australia. Mm-hmm. So you need to get a wombat, a kangaroo, a koala. Uh, <laughs> a, platypus. A dingo, a platypus. Yeah, you need to get like a team of these Australian Pokemon. Well, that are just, every, Australia's gener- based- every generation yeah. of Pokemon is based on a different location. Uh, Kanto is based on the Kanto region of Japan. The latest uh, po- the latest uh, black and white is based on Manhattan. Maybe the next Pokemon can be based in Australia. I don't, I don't want them to do that. I want to make it. God darn it. I want to make Australia Aust- Australia monsters. They should One start doing Pokemon be... based on uh, new on real people. Like make it make a Miyamoto Pokemon. Oh, that's a good and well, they did have Hitmon Chan and Hitmon Lee, which were based that's on true. Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee, respectively. Indeed. Yeah, I saw them in the in the in the dang cartoon show when I was a wee child. And did you freak out? Did you scream at the TV? Were you all lulled? I don't know. I, I think I didn't care. Is what I did. <laughs> Say what you will. The Pokemon uh, cartoon show is way better than any other video game related cartoon show. You got to catch all of them. I, I want an ice cream Pokemon. I want a chocolate chip cookie Pokemon. Do they have one of those? Uh, not they, yet. Do they have a wedding cake Pokemon. Hey, uh, hey Tim. <laughs> What's up? What would you do um, for a Klondike bar Pokemon? <laughs> I would I would I would eat five its its. Nice. I would eat five it. 
it's, it's for a it's a lot of it's, it's. I could eat them over the course of a day. Oh, I, 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 I guess I assume the rule would be that uh, you'd have to get them all in. But what was that sound? That was Marcus Venus saying, "Nice, nice." Yeah. I didn't hear it. It came out squealy to me. Do it again. <laughs> Faster. Ah, damn it. We talked over it. Okay, whatever. Yeah, well... Are we done with this one? Shall we move on to the next? Do we win? Wait, but uh, what other kinds of Pokemon? Well, yeah, we can move on to the next one. Let's move on. I'm going to think of a better answer in a couple of minutes, but keep going. And it will be useless. Yuppie from SelectButton.net asks, Who would win in a fight? The video game industry or the alternative medicine industry? Oh, man. Alternative medicine, for sure. Those people... They'll poison you, man. They'll, they'll, yeah. they'll, they've got, they've got big knives that they'll cut your back and bloodlet with, or they'll, you know, they'll put, uh, they'll, they'll put acupuncture needles in you so that you're paralyzed and can't move. Um, those, acupuncture. Those yeah, the Acu- video game industry guys are just gonna like, you know, have scrum meetings about how to take you out while they're taking you out. Right. Not darn scrum. I, I think, I think Zynga could probably kill the entire alternative medicine industry. How? I don't know. They're pretty tough. I thought Zynga was Zynga alternative medicine. It is a, it's alter, it is a sort of alternative medicine. Do you mean uh, Zynga the dog or Zynga the company? I think Zynga the company is kind of an – they're kind of a pharmaceutical manufacturer. <laughs> Dopamine. <laughs> they, they have a lot of clinical trials running. I bet a lot of alternative medicine people are really flexible and can do cool moves. Yoga? Yeah. yeah. They probably got pretty sweet moves. They could probably even do more Hadokens than we can. Yoga yeah. fire. Yoga fire, yoga frame, yoga brast, yoga inferno. Yoga flame. Yoga te- yoga teleport is just yoga though. Yeah. You just have yeah. to say yoga to do that. That's really why doesn't why doesn't Dalsim teleport like every time he does a yoga fire, he goes yoga and he teleports and then says fire. Why doesn't he do that? I don't know, man. I think Yoga Teleport was the worst fighting move in the history of fighting games. Not anymore, though, because now you can do... Uh, it was the worst his, move in Street Fighter. In Street Fighter 4, you can now do his um, his yoga friggin' thing, what has the spinny ball of fire, and then you can teleport to the other side of the guy and then hit them into that spinny ball that moves really slow. So now that so is a neat combina- combination-y thing. So, so Dalsim is basically the alternative medicine industry, and who is who is the video game industry? Rufus. Rufus. Rufus? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Rufus is the video game industry. But Rufus is actually really fast, and he's a, he's a, he's a top tier character, and he was the winner at. Uh, I liked Rufus when I first played as him, so I'm cool. Well, of course, the, the video game industry would make themselves the top tier character. Right. Right. Uh, if they had, to, yeah. If, if, if who if says the video game industry is deciding the rules, though? Yeah. What what character won uh, Evo? I don't even know. Man, I, I I haven't had time to watch all the streams yet. We'll get into uh, Evo later. Okay. Evo's. Exciting. Evolution. So I, heard, I think uh, alternative medicine is our answer. All yeah. right. Uh, j- way under the wire. Let's move on. Uh, the Penny Arcade Kickstarter: Brilliant, Deplorable, or Hilarious. I think it's I think it's a decent enough idea. They got people willing to pay for it. Where does it stand right now? Does anybody know? Um, I don't know. No. Uh, my my answer is all three. Penny <laughs> Arcade sells out. Explain. It's hilarious. It's deplorable. They made one hundred and eighty nine thousand dollars in two days. So. I feel like it's. It's you know, brilliant because it's going to work, but it's deplorable because yeah. it's deplorable, and it's hilarious because what the fuck. The first line of their Kickstarter pitch is, people don't like advertising almost as a general rule. Advertising is simply the way it is. Let's, uh, I think that's kind of a cop-out. You can find better stuff. Like, like, okay, first of all, who advertises on Penny Arcade that doesn't understand what Penny Arcade is? Mm-hmm. Like, like they have their pick of advertisers, don't they? They're they're talking about in this video that I watched, and the video is full of some obviously manufactured lols. And it's, uh, I I actually watched a bunch of Penny Arcade's videos yesterday, and I think it's actually kind of a cool thing they do with that Penny Arcade TV thing. I think that's really neat. I think it's better than a podcast. But uh, so like. I, I, they they say something like, you know, we don't want to have to bow to advertisers. We don't want to have to make the advertisers happy. And then you see people on forums going, just imagine what 
they'll do if they don't have to work with the advertisers, if they don't have to please the advertisers. It's like who advertises there that's not like cool with Penny Arcade doing whatever? Yeah, and I, I think the thing that sort of bothers me is I like to kickstart things for people that need the money to make a product, and this is – this is like we want to have your money to continue doing the thing the exact same way, which we can still go back to doing the exact same way. Um, they just don't that have... we have no problem doing that. There's no shortage yeah. of money for. We're, we're just curious to know if you'll pay us to do this. And that, I mean, I I do understand it, but it's like they have so many revenue streams there. Yeah, uh, they got already. merchandise. They got they got the friggin' um, books, DVDs. Expo. Games that, that expo yeah uh, the expo yeah that's that's not a money loser right there that's a big one um so yeah I mean I, I just I just don't know it feels it feels strange to me um like I prefer to I just prefer to back things that that need my help yeah I mean they're they're pretty forthright about it they're like well if we don't get it then we'll just keep doing what we're doing but. Wouldn't it be cool if we didn't have ads? Because basically what they're doing is they're saying $250,000, that's how much money they make in advertising off their leaderboard ad at the top of the website, right? That's what yeah. they're saying. So it's first of all, first of all, I was always curious to know how much uh, money an ad like that generates, and now I know, mm -hmm. right? So like that's – thanks for that. That's, that's nice. But uh, it's, it's like – that's pretty honest. They're like, do you want us to get rid of that ad? You know, how about give us some money? And then you see people on Twitter being like, oh, I just have ad block turned on anyway. And then you see people going, well, turning on ad block is bad for the people who run the websites. It's like, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, it seems like it seems like it's good enough. You know, it's like I don't have to pay for it. I don't necessarily feel like they're being too shameless or selling out by asking. Yeah, well, no, I don't think they're selling out necessarily. No. I don't really think it's shameless. I just don't – I mean, I guess it just comes down to I don't – I'm not going to give them my money. Um, yeah, and, I'm not going to give them my money either. And I also just – I just – I think it's a weird precedent to set. Like what if what if THQ was like, you know what, guys? You want to see more Saints Row? Give us $10 million. Yeah, it's like we we uh, we're not going to be able to make we're not going to be able to continue to survive as a company. Well, actually, no, that's that's still a different scenario because they would actually need it. Then. They would need the money, and I'd feel worse for them. Penny Arcade just doesn't feel like working with advertisers for a year. Well, they're, also, they're have, also what happens after a year? Do they? Just they do it again. Back? I think no. they said they do it again. Yeah, they would do it again if it was successful. Yeah, um, and it looks like it probably will be. I guess people just want to give them money in any way. Um, and I mean, good for them. I can't, I can't, there's nothing, uh, nothing really to be done about that. I, I think that there were a lot of people on the Twitters that were upset because, uh, those guys were angry about, um, hey. uh, the, the, cause those guys were angry about the tentacle bento Kickstarter being taken down and stuff. And, and they've made a lot of criticisms of, of Kickstarters before that they felt were, useless or superfluous and they've kind of made one that is superfluous um yeah but it, it does have a really really clear uh purpose. no i know it I, I know it's clear it's i think people are getting are, are feeling like they're a bit hypocritical which is probably why it's called penny arcade sells out because they're not stupid and i think they're aware that that they're kind of going against a thing that they said before there have been some Kickstarters that were – like that one for that Republic game. Do you yeah. guys know this? The, the yeah. AAA iOS game that they say they're going to need a million dollars for. <coughs> I'm sneezing. <laughs> okay, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Like that they're going to need a million dollars for it, but they're kickstarting half a million just to prove to the publisher who would give them the other half that there's a demand for it. It's like yeah. that was a way – like, I mean, no offense to anybody involved. That was way shadier to me than the Penny Arcade. Because <laughs> Penny Arcade's uh, – Hey, hey. God darn hey, it. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. God darn it. If you I had have... a point to make, you made it too late. Let's move on. God darn it. Divorced from actual content, what video game has the best title? 
Oh man. Um, there, there was a, there's a canceled game that uh, that I really like the the name of. Um, I don't know if it was even properly planned, but it was on some lists in Japan as eventually coming. I think from uh, from Marvelous, and it was called Living High, Killing Low, and I really liked that title. Nice, yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, I, I have a one of my favorites was previewed in Game Informer, I think, as a sort of a concept that probably didn't go anywhere and was never actually a game, but it's called Faith in a 45. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I mm-hmm. like that title a lot. I think Max Payne is pretty good. <laughs> I, actually, I, actually, I actually do think it's pretty good. Why? I don't know, because it's a guy named Max, and his last name is Payne. I think but, that's like... That's that's like a video game title that my mom would think of. Yeah, I know. That's the, your mom's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, 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 well, I was gonna say Lady Stalker, Land yeah, Stalker, uh, yeah. Dark Savior. I think those. Maybe I'm just like uh, brainwashed because I love games. Those I like games so much, but those those have really good titles. Mr. Chin's Gourmet Paradise. Mr. Chin's Gourmet Paradise, real good one. Airzonk, not really. Airzonk, no, not a good one. <laughs> Air, Air Zonk was the uh, was PC Denjin. I think I think uh, Boogerman. That's probably that's a pretty good. Name. <laughs> I think I think PC Denjin is a pretty good name, but only if it, it is like with the the console being called the PC Engine. Um, Trevor McFur in Crescent Galaxy. That's yeah, that's that's, that's a real good. One. Yeah, <laughs> I think Trevor McFur is underrated. I think he's at least as cool as Fox McCloud. I think uh, I, yeah. a similar one, uh, Dash Galaxy in the Alien Asylum. It's a pretty good title. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good one. Jim Power in 3D. <laughs> yeah. Jim Power was also on the PC Engine. Hey, and the Amiga. Good old Jim Power. Savage. That's actually a good title. Savage. 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 It, it, it's just a word, though. There's a new Oliver Stone film called Savage Is that just came out. I was thinking of going to see Savage that. Savage Space Is? No, Savage Is. <laughs> Savage Is. It's it's like Love Actually, but uh, it's a little more extreme. Love Actually. <laughs> Love actually. Um, I think uh, I the rapper, think, the rapper. I think Fantasy Star is a good name. God darn it! I, I I'm just thinking of games that I actually like. I just like saying Bayonetta. Feels good Bayonetta. on the tongue. Sure. Bay- Bayonetta is a good. It's a very buttery word. It's a very it's a good title. Very nice, smooth. It goes down easy. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of um, Japanese visual novels that have great titles, uh, and I'm I'm kind of blanking on a lot of them right now, but. There, I find that um, Japanese game developers put words together in ways that we would not necessarily think of doing in English. It's, it's and, unfamiliar. Yeah, and so I those, I, uh, I did that in Japanese for ten years in Japan, and people people thought I was great because mm-hmm. I was just putting together Japanese words that they never did. Right. The whole second language thing. It's it's, it's awesome. Yeah, if I could think of more of those, I would make that point better. But well. Yeah. So my, my, one of my favorites. Cause Lady Stalker. You, you, you had a canceled game, Brandon, and, and one of my favorites because you know I look at these things a lot. These canceled games there. Um, in 1989 or maybe 90, uh, back in the back of magazines, you'd see these mail order catalogs that are probably still there. I don't know. Um, and, and a lot of times on these lists, they would have games that never came out, and sometimes you just never even hear press coverage of them, and they maybe never existed. And my favorite was printed once. It was a Nintendo game called Yeah, Yeah, Beebus I. <laughs> nice. Yes. Yeah. So that is the best video game title. Yeah, Yeah, Beebus I. It's a letter I, not E-Y-E. Beebus? Beebus. B-E-E-B-I-S-S. Oh, that's that's pretty incredible. Yeah, Yeah, Beebus I. Yes. That's pretty darn incredible. I would play that game. I would play Yeah Yeah Beavis Eye for the rest of my life. I think I think Devil May Cry is a good name. It's not yeah. bad. That's that's okay. a good example of uh, uh, just a bunch of dumb words that the Japanese dudes threw together, and it just sounds cool. Tales of yeah, Games hand, presents yeah. Chef Boyardee's Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden Chapter One of the Hoop Sparkly Saga. Oh man, that's such a good game. Have you guys played that one? I never I, have. I want to. I want to also. Oh, you we, know, I, I like the Rule of Rose was a good title. Rule of Rose is a good title. I know the guy who made that. 
uh, it was just one guy. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't just the one. <laughs> you made the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I know the guy who thought of the title. That's what I'm thinking. Ah, I see. <laughs> what What was the uh, the new terrible name that uh, that Square Enix came up with for their new thing? What new thing? Theatrhythm. Uh, it's not theatrhythm. It's uh, it's this real man. There's one that's really really terrible. Man, I can't remember what it is. It's it's just a bunch of words together that don't make any sense, but I can't remember it right now. God dang it. So there there are games now called Defiance, Injustice. Uh there are games like Injustice is a, is the name of a video game about Batman punching Wonder Woman. It's like, come on, that's weird. You should put some uh make get original with that. Games have titles that suck now. Trying to find ones that are cool. Yeah, Mr. Jin's Mr. Chin's Gourmet Paradise would never come out these days. I'd play that. There's there's a time and a place for that in this server. Oh, there we go. And that's the buzzer. Evo twenty oh, right. Evo twenty twelve was this past weekend. The fighting game subculture has been receiving a lot of criticism from the media lately, particularly regarding misogynistic behavior. What are your impressions of this particular community? Of oh, the fighting game community? Uh, by the way, bravely default flying fairy. Sorry. Oh, that's good. Cheater. Yeah. Okay. Um, you really cheated. Good. Brandon um, cheated. I think I think that it's somewhat. I mean, it's good that this is coming out into the open because when, uh, for example, there was that Street Fighter Cross Tekken tournament. Uh, I mean, not tournament, reality show. Yeah. And that guy was constantly filming this girl's thighs and boobs and and even the organizer went up to her and was like hey the readers want to know your your cup size and she's like i'm not gonna tell you that and he's like no but seriously they really want to know so what is it um and it's 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 like it's really obviously inappropriate and it got defended a whole lot by people in the game community i mean in the fighting game community saying well that's just how it is you have to you have to deal with it you got to be tough if you want to do this but it's like you also don't have to be an asshole, um, and yeah. and I've also seen people really hate on uh, Ricky Ortiz, who's uh, a top tier player there um, in Street Fighter Four, and I forget what else he plays, but he's very openly flamboyantly gay. And man, you watch the the comments on videos where he's playing and it's like i'm glad you beat that fucking faggot like and then someone will say you're a homophobe and he's like i'm not homophobic that implies i'm afraid of them i just wish they were all dead and and it's it's like serious yeah, serious it, it, comments it, it escalates to that with extreme quickness yeah is that really fighting games specifically though or is it multiplayer games i mean it is it's it's definitely it's i think the problem is in in multiplayer games, it's a lot of younger people that don't really know better. And fighting game, the fighting game community is not—it's mm. not as young. And I feel like they should know better. Like a lot of these people, these people are generally in their twenties, at least. You know, they're—they're they're in their twenties. They have formed ideas about the world, so they should not be behaving. They don't have as much of an excuse as a fourteen-year-old boy uh, that's doing the same thing. And um, Patrick Miller, who works on the Gama Sutra, uh, I mean the Game Developer Magazine, and also <laughs> whoops in the in, in the editorial direction in the editorial <laughs> uh, <laughs> direction, he's uh, he's also a fighting game player, and he was at Evo and stuff, and he says he feels like part of it is that fighting games are getting more popular, and a lot of new people are coming in, and it's not a lot of the old guys saying this stuff, but the old guys aren't speaking up against it per se. Like you don't hear. Uh, Justin Wong coming out and being like, fuck this stuff, you guys need to behave better. And another interesting thing about Justin Wong as an example, he's another really um, top-tier player, is, you know, um, when he's fighting against Japan, people are like, rah, rah, America, we Americans are going to beat the Japanese because Jap Japan has traditionally been the best at, in the fighting game circuit. But when he's playing other American guys that are, like, Caucasian, then it's, like, that chinky bastard is using cheap tactics. So, like, he's he's selectively Asian or not, depending on how 
they want to feel about him. So I, I do feel like there's a lot of growing up that needs to happen. I just said a whole lot of stuff. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. It's uh, I I was gonna say my experience with the fighting game community is uh, as recent as playing uh, Virtua Fighter 4 Evolution competitively back in 2001. Uh, in Japan, and everybody was really nice, and it was the only place in Japan where I ever uh, uh, was able to just make friends with people without speaking their language. I didn't speak Japanese when I started playing, and they're just like, oh, you know, you're playing this game, and let's be friends, and they were just all really nice to me, and everywhere else I went, I went to rock and roll shows, nobody was nice to me, but these guys were nice to me. So in Japan, it's like the exact opposite. There was no... In Japan 11 years ago. In Japan of 11 years ago. But <laughs> I, I also did... I tried to get back into Virtual Fighter with Virtual Fighter 5, and the people were still nice. So oh, uh, there you go. And Street Fighter 4 as well. Uh, at the smaller arcades that I went to, people were nice. So, so people were chill and cool. I think that... Um... That the fighting game community is not all immature jerks. I think that there are a lot of mature people in it, but I think those mature people need to start becoming the dominant voices somehow. They need to like, they need to squash this uh, trend toward immature mouthing off when when something's remotely different from you. That not needs just to... the older ones. The, the the highly respected ones need yeah. to understand yeah, that's what I mean, that really. they're in a position of influence and that you know. This stuff is wrong, and they should be speaking out against it because it's not. I don't think it's going to hurt their image necessarily if they're respected players. Right. I, I think we need to level the playing field and just bring it all back to Virtual Fighter Four Evo because uh, they're going to just be nice. Yeah. Yeah, that game's the best. Everybody will be nice. That, that game's way. not the best. Oh, are you going to say that game's not the best? Yes. <laughs> what are What are you? Some kind of jerk? <laughs> huh? <laughs> yes. Man. What about the what about Virtual Fighter Five? That's also not the best. Oh man, really? Yep. You you're probably basically best summarized as a guy who does not know a lot of stuff. I do not like the uh, the third dimension in fighting games very much, and uh, then you haven't played Virtual Fighter very much. That's right, because I don't like it very much. Oh, it's well. a it's a it's a vicious circle there. As palpable as this tension is, we will have to move on to our final question. Oh, man, FQ. We'll we'll close by addressing the lost question from last week's podcast. Why should or shouldn't we be terrified by the meltdown of 38 Studios? Oh, man, because I I always wanted to start a studio called 108 Studios, and it's it's kind of just made me uh, very, very conscious of the fact that if you give your studio a number for a name, nobody's going to... Yeah, they're like, what is that? What is 38 Studios? That could be. So a- Halo 4 is just going to fail spectacularly. Yeah, three, right. three, four, three Studios. It's like, like I was at a party and I was like, so three, four, three Studios. I was talking to a guy, three, four, three Studios. I'm like, what's, what does that mean? It's just some numbers. And he goes, <laughs> it's a Halo reference, man. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know, but it's like, it's kind of a, uh, it's a Halo reference, but it's also a reference to, like, the number that comes after 342, you know, <laughs> and the number that comes before 344. 38 Studios was uh, 38 being Kurt Schilling's number. I wonder, and this actually, I feel like this has a lot to do with the discussion. I wonder if 38 was a number he chose going into a professional baseball career, if it was just the number that was given to him. I wonder, I do wonder that as well. So um, one problem I have, that, I mean, one thing that concerns me is, you know, if if they can close 38 studios at the same time, I mean, we're all in trouble. That's a whole lot of studios. Yeah, that's just like who who can make that determination? That's horrible. There are only how many how many video game studios are there in the world? Only a couple of hundred, right? Only yeah. a couple of hundred. So it's that's a huge like chunk. It's like probably 15 percent of uh, of the of, industry just got so closed. That that is really terrifying. I'm yeah. terrified by 38 studios. Um, there is no situation like 38 Studios in the video game industry, and I don't think that anyone should be terrified of what happened at all because no one else is going to get funding from Rhode Island to employ way too many people to make a way over ambitious game. They they busted their balls. Here's what they did. The, the, you don't you don't just make an MMO with no audience, right? Yeah. They should have made uh, the Kingdoms of Amalur game, which they did. Which I looked at it. I I, I played the demo. Uh, it's a very competent RPG. Obviously, it was rushed, 
Like, they didn't have their full staff on it. They had goddamn uh, Todd McFarlane instead of guy who looks like, who can draw like Todd McFarlane. They had the game designer of uh, the earlier Elder Scrolls games, right, instead of just a guy who likes the Elder Scrolls games, right? Like, they had they had every – they had R.A. Salvatore writing it instead of just a guy who's read a lot of R.A. Salvatore books. It's like it sounds like a big old barrel of good ideas, and what, what their problem was was they're like, we're going to make this, and we're going to make the biggest MMO in history at the same time. It's like, man, don't do that. Make a couple of games, Right? I think my favorite uh, 38 Studios uh, employee that people aren't necessarily aware of was, uh, I forget his name, but the founder of General Computing, the guys who did Miss Pac-Man. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he was at 38. Like He, he spoke at California Extreme or something. That's they got, cool. They got all yeah. the right people. They, they had all the right people. Like, it's like, yeah, it was it was hubris, I guess is the word they use when talking about literature and stuff. Is it's just like yeah we're gonna also we're gonna make this game and it's gonna make us some money, but it's just to get our name out there while we work on our our wow killer. It's like, you know, you could have taken a couple more years on your wow killer. You know, mm-hmm. you could have done it. You could have boiled it real slow. You could have slow cooked it, and then had a, a sequel to your Kingdoms of Amalur game out. You know, like they they should have done that. And I mean they had EA, so it's partially EA's fault for not talking them out of some stuff. You know, I guess EA's got there. EA could have somebody at EA could have been like, you know, hey, you know, you could probably uh, just uh, make a couple regular games first. Uh, that would be cool. Like they could have probably done that. I don't know. Well, it was just EA partners. It was just EA providing yeah. some funding. It's not they could have publishing. Yeah, they could have. They could have been cool about it though. They could have. Yeah, they, they could have been cool. Yeah. They I, could, I, they, you they, know, they, I think a lot of things would be better if people and entities were cool. Yeah, yeah. EA could have yeah. been cooler. And uh, I really don't think EA has anything to do with it at all. No, I think they just kind of distributed the game. Um, But they made their money. You know, we're we're not discussing the crazy contract that they had with Rhode Island. That where they had to employ what 450 people in Rhode Island, something. Yeah, in a within a certain amount of time, and which they didn't quite hit. But you know, they were at like 300 something. Yeah. They were at they were at too many people already, and they had to hire more with money that they didn't have. Right, and then they had um, to keep making payroll on that somehow. Yeah, it was. I mean, without a game generating income, really. Yeah, it's it's easy for us from a distance to be like, well, that was a really stupid deal, and you shouldn't have signed that. But they can't they couldn't have been that stupid. Like there there had to have been some validity to that contract there's there it was it was just big names and they're like we've got all these big names in this on this list here maybe they're gonna you know big names equals possible miracle you know why not that seems to be what uh, that's all i can think of maybe it's like it's possible they can do this well apparently uh kurt schilling felt as though miracles were kind of possible because they had been close to not making payroll before, but investors had stepped in at the last minute and and made it happen in in several previous instances. So you I know guess. what they should have done? They should have Kickstarter'd it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what blew my mind about Kickstarter is that Neil Stevenson had a fantastic Kickstarter for he wanted half a million dollars to make a sword fighting video game. And uh, Neil Stevenson, for God's sake, we're talking about R.A. Salvatore writing kingdoms of Amalur, like neil stephenson yeah stephenson uh neil neil step henson mm. neil step henson uh had a kickstarter for this sword game that was called tentatively titled clang right which is a great uh code name for a game and it's like they didn't even meet their goal they got like they were like very short of their goal it's like man that sucks well, it didn't have zombies or... Uh... No, wait a minute. They got it. They got funded. Never mind. I thought oh. they didn't get funded because I was looking at it like two they hours... They must have added zombies to it, too. Yeah, probably added zombies. Yeah. I was looking at it like two hours before it ended, and uh, there you go. I, I mean, I, well, never mind. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, he was... He didn't, the point uh, is every game gets funded no matter what, so... Just I'm surprised he didn't get a million dollars. I'm surprised it didn't get double the... Because uh, that stupid video game, Android game console thing got... A million dollars in yeah, eight hours. Yeah, I'm surprised hours. we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, I'm surprised that wasn't a topic. Uh, let us transition to the insert credit lightning round. I love a lightning round. Is a video game's ending really that important? Why does everyone seem to think so? 
Uh, if for a game that you're committing a lot of time to, yes, you need a proper ending to it. Otherwise, you will uh, invalidate a lot of the experience you had up to that point. It's just closure. You need closure on the experience to remind yourself, yes, this was good. Yes, this was worth my time. The best video exactly. game ending of all time is Ziggurat. That's a game that I'm, I made. Pork. There you go. That's, that's the best ending. Every Next. time you die, that's the ending. Which developments do you do you wish could return from the dead? Thirty-eight studios. Yeah, thirty-eight. Wolf Team. Would they be thirty-nine studios if they came back? <laughs> they might be thirty-seven. They might be slightly diminished. Wolf, Wolf Team. Telnet. Wolf Team. What about I Wolf Team. I mean, Telnet was kind of the parent company thing, but Wolf Team were the guys that made. Uh, the things. I would say Cavia, though, uh, in all seriousness. Sure. Cavia has a, has a kind of studio where those guys all are, but it's I don't not really... Cavia. It's not Cavia, God darn it. No, I know. I know. They, don't, they don't have that weird freedom that they had with Bullet Witch. Yeah. That's what I want. What video game have you put more hours into playing than any other? Landstalker. I, I put about 500, 600 hours into Landstalker. Believe it or not, the original Oenden. Really? Yeah. Okay. I played Brandon? that a lot. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but it could be that Rocket Slime game that I beat twice, which then means 48 hours. But no, there's gotta be, I'm sure I played some friggin' RPG more than that. So, um, I can't, I couldn't tell you. I think I, I've got at least 200 in Link to the Past. I'd have to say Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. What exactly is so exciting about Source Filmmaker? Source Filmmaker? Oh, the, man, yeah. man, um, you're using Pro Tools, but built for a consumer. Yeah, and it's 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 isn't it free? Is it free, or am I mistaken? Uh, I think it's free to use, and and if you use it for a commercial product, you talk to them, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's like a, a Call of Duty two level editor uh, was like the uh, sort of oh, it wasn't free. Obviously, you had that and. And we are out of time. Oh God darn it. I was going to say something cool. Nope. Well, nope. Too, late. too late. It's too gone late forever. Well, the, if anybody meets you in person, they can ask you. Maybe you'll have a nice dinner, and uh, you can share your thoughts on uh, your favorite uh, source well, maker videos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about did the pyro. See, yeah, did, did, you see, did you see Meet the Heavy? I really enjoyed Meet the Heavy. That's I'm what gonna you're make, in for if you I'm going to do a shot-for-shot shot remake of Meet the Heavy. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you next week on the Insert Credit Podcast, where our theme will be talking about stuff. Yes. Thank you. All right. Good to be here. Yeah. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. <sighs> okay, stop recording. Podcast over, yeah! What was that?